0: Hello and welcome to another edition of Addition. I'm your host, Addie Adewusi. I'm a product manager at Microsoft, a mathematician, futurist, tech optimist, artist, and creator. And I'm here. I'm back Monday through Friday, bringing you the news, the hot topics in tech, an update on the market, some career advice, and let you know what I'm geeked out about this week. So Apologies. There was no show on Friday. If you were following me on Twitter at edition pod, you would know that I was taking it off because this weekend was my birthday weekend. My birthday was just yesterday on Sunday and it was an amazing weekend, a restorative time off, Um, but I am back. So if you are not already, uh, subscribe on the YouTube, like this uh, video as you're watching it, Follow me on Twitter so you can get the updates. I'm at edition Pod or at Addie Atawusi if you want to follow my personal Twitter. I'm on TikTok, at edition Pod, Instagram, at Edition Addie. And of course, the Substack where you will never miss an episode. You get them straight into your email inbox, editionpod.substack.com. Okay, so let's get into the market, shall we? So... Crypto markets. Bitcoin is down 8.71% in the past seven days, hovering just above 30,000 at 30,022. Ethereum is down 15.3% in the past seven days and is hovering just above 2,000 at 2029. So I would say, you know, people that are invested in crypto right now, they They don't like to see Bitcoin below 30, and they don't like to see Ethereum below 2,000. So, Bitcoin and Ethereum have been doing a good job of holding that 30,000 and 2,000, respectively, mark. But I would say the overall sentiment in the crypto community is fear. There is a lot of fear right now in the markets. Um, Most of you know the podcasts that i listen to are doing these whole how did we get here um, should we have seen this coming in in response to the whole luna ust hindsight is 2020 in these scenarios and there are also people making statements like for example sam bankman-fried the um the chief of ftx which is a crypto exchange for x ex- institutional investors he's saying that bitcoin has no future as a payments network so i would say some people are so scarred well obviously he's still going to be in crypto because he's on ftx and he still believes in bitcoin as an asset but a lot of people are going to exit the crypto market right now um crypto is very price driven in terms of interest engagement sentiment That being said, crypto is still being talked about 24 seven. However, um, the sentiment around crypto, the interest, the attitude is completely dependent on the price and these prices are relatively low considering we just hit an all time high last fall. And yeah, so the crypto market this year, I don't know whether people are gonna get more confident what i do know is that i'm not selling my crypto that's basically my investment strategy if i invest in it i don't sell it so um we'll we shall see let me know in the comments if you're holding your crypto if you're selling your crypto if you still believe in crypto or if you have questions let me know in the comments okay the s p 500 so it's down 2.4 in the past five days and down 15 year to date. So I call that out because the S&P 500 is recovering faster than these other indexes and that's good because most of my money's in the S&P 500 but it's also a good sign that maybe we touch the bottom it may not the stock market may not necessarily drop again so much value was erased from the markets these past like two months and for tech stocks since um last fall so it is it is like hard it's easy to believe that we have hit the bottom in terms of stocks but we can always go lower so nasdaq it's down 2.8 percent in the past five days down 24 percent year to date so i would say the stock markets they are somewhat bouncing back. The The great thing about public stock markets is that you can see the financial reports. So these aren't just completely based on sentiment or speculation like crypto. There's actual data to back it up. That being said, the data doesn't necessarily predict what the price is going to be and it's not dependent. But at least there is more grounds for people to justify investing again. So. I, so another reason why I didn't want to necessarily record on Friday is that there hasn't been much news. There's just people, you know, kind of reflecting and navel-gazing over their, and and verbally processing their investments and what's going on in the market, and that's fine. Uh, I I prefer to report news, but I'll just, I, I do read these articles. And that aren't really news. And, and I've been getting a sense of what's going on this past weekend. But what I'm, saying, what I'm seeing is a lot of people just reflecting on what happened and how we got here. Um, there are a lot of bag holders. So people that are holding a stock or a crypto asset that has dropped significantly and defending them um, using their platform to, you know, reinstall confidence. So be careful of that. Like make sure you know whether people are holding things or not. Uh, People comparing this to the dot-com boom and bust. So in the late 90s, early 2000s, there was a tech bubble that burst. A lot of people are comparing it to that. And I already mentioned the bottom signal of Sam Bankman-Fried saying Bitcoin has no future as a payments network. So As a reminder, my rule of thumb, pessimists sound smart, optimists get rich. Um, So while this is not a great year for me returns wise, I'm still going to continue investing in the stock market. I'm not selling my crypto. I'm not continuing to buy crypto either because I have other things to buy like a car and a home and I've already invested enough in crypto. But yeah, I'm staying invested. I'm just going to assume things turn around. Sometimes they don't. Like my $100 that I put in Luna is completely gone, but sometimes um, they do recover and all I need is one of my investments to work out to make up for everything else. Okay, so let's go to the hot topics in tech. Like I mentioned, there isn't that much news that I feel relevant to cover on this podcast specifically, but I will give you the update or at least my take on the whole Elon and Twitter saga where last Friday he said he was going to put the Twitter deal on hold over, you know, there may basically implying that Twitter was not being accurate about what percentage of its users were bots, kind of indicating that he now wants to negotiate on this price realistically because his wealth has gone down significantly. um, Let me just uh, pull up the price of Tesla here. Okay. So Tesla stock in the past well year to date it's down 27.17% and going back to the indexes the S&P is down 15%, the Nasdaq is down 24%. So Tesla stock is doing worse than the market right now. And oops, lost my tab. Okay. And in the past 5 days it's down 4.66%, whereas the S&P 500 is down 2.4, and the Nasdaq is down 2.8. So obviously, whatever is going on with Tesla right now is not actually helping the stock, especially Elon buying Twitter. So his wealth has gone down, you know, significantly, and you know, he has money invested in other things, but the vast majority um, of Elon's wealth is in Tesla stock. So basically he needs, he's feeling poor and wants to negotiate this price right now. So um, he did say that he was committed to the acquisition, which I heard lawyers made him say, but it is kind of, a lot of people feel, you know, like Elon may just be trolling everybody like he never planned on in, on buying Twitter in the first place. So yeah, that's why I don't necessarily like talking about this story because it's not necessarily a story. The real story is the fact that a billionaire can control the news cycle based on Teasing out that he's going to buy a company and making jokes and and using Twitter as a platform to do it and capturing our attention and interest. That's the real story here. So moving forward with this um, Elon buying Twitter update. I'm going to frame it from that lens. Okay, so also at Twitter, they had some layoffs. So they announced that they were going to freeze hiring as well as rescind some offers and cut costs one of the person affected one of the people affected was their head of product and he was actually laid off during maternity leave and a lot of people are surprised by this because with this head of head of product we saw so much innovation in twitter that we had not seen for the past you know decade but obviously that innovation didn't lead to you know an increase of users right so i appreciate this head of products um you know changing the culture or at least the engineering and product development culture of twitter to ship more and ship faster that being said if the product is supposed to you know increase the revenues and profitability of the company he has not necessarily been achieving that um, and elon the person who was trying to buy this company you know, basically he's calling out all of the product improvements that should be put in place and essentially saying that he can do a better job than this guy, right? So unfortunate that he was like, oh, during paternity leave. Um, but I do see some signaling here where Twitter wants to show that they are capable of um, doing layoffs. None of these companies want to be perceived as a woke company. So that's what's going on with Twitter. And another update story, so Luna, the Luna Foundation Guard left with 313 Bitcoin after the UST crash, and this is brutal, this is from Coinbase. I quote from the article, the Luna Foundation Guard, official stewards of Terra's Bitcoin reserves, released a statement on Monday documenting how it dispersed millions of dollars worth of crypto in its failed attempt to maintain the peg of stablecoin Terra USD, or UST. In the statement, LFG notes that its Bitcoin reserves have been depleted almost entirely from around 80,000 Bitcoin to about 300. The remaining assets, which mostly compromise of the crashed UST and Luna tokens, will apparently be used to compensate investors. So first of all, um, people needed to advocate on Twitter for this information to be released. So people knew that Luna, the Luna Foundation Guard had been buying Bitcoin for the purpose of saving a crash. They were not disclosing. So Do Kwon, the founder of Terra Luna and the Luna Foundation Guard, they had not been disclosing what was going on with this Bitcoin. So they made it transparent. They said that they spent pretty much 79,000 um, 79,700 Bitcoin trying to save UST. And I also saw in the article that they're going to compensate the smallest investors first, which I do appreciate because, you know, these hedge funds that were betting on Luna, they don't necessarily need to be bailed out. That being said, I mean hopefully I get my 100 dollars reimbursed but I don't think that's what I I I don't know if I need that more than someone else right but I will take it this story just continues to be devastating and in hindsight it's it's just so crazy that you know we trusted this person or some people trusted this person on the internet to basically do what the Federal Reserve is doing and, you know, maintain price stability in this ecosystem. And crypto was all about not being centralized and not having not having to trust anybody. So Luna is we're going to be referring back to the story in the future. You know, I, I can't I can't imagine not talking about this story about what happens when things go wrong um, and what also what happens in a bear market or or in a bull market, how people can just assume price will continue to go up and not question things. Okay, so for the career segment, um, I just wanted to briefly just touch on layoffs and what type of roles are most vulnerable. I touched on this you know, a week ago. But when I heard about the Twitter exec stepping down, I realized that I do want to call out that executives are very vulnerable in layoffs in case you're not aware because they do have you email command the highest salaries. Um, management may also be vulnerable because you can consolidate teams and have a single manager. So also be aware. For early career, recent hires, people getting hired directly out of college, also vulnerable because you don't necessarily have skill sets yet for the workplace. And the, you know, when p- people make layoffs, they want to make the most efficient uh, plan as possible. So the only the safest segment is the mid-career employee. Um, so people who maybe have, you know, five to 10 years of experience because they are, you know, the, their output compared to how much they paid, you know, makes the most sense or makes more sense in early career and executive people. Also, um, they, this was called out during the equity podcast. Um, I will link it in the show notes. The departments that are most vulnerable are sales and marketing and it doesn't necessarily matter what exactly what you're doing in sales and marketing. So while I am a product manager, I'm a product manager within the marketing org at Microsoft. So um, just be aware that these are the areas that are likely to be cut first. I'm not saying it's going to, just be mindful. And as you're making your next move, depending on how long this recession is, you may want to make your move based on what's less likely to be cut like if you're at a startup you're likely going to move to a more stale uh, stable company if you're marketing maybe you'll move to engineering or product Um, if you are early career maybe you'll go maybe you'll gain some skills so you can compete for mid-career roles Um, so Just touching on that, I don't want to be too doom and gloom, but we are going through um, a pretty critical time right now. So appropriately, what I'm geeked out about this week is the revamping of the book club because we all need affordable activities. And what we are going to be reading for the summer is The Millionaire Next Door. So this is a book that I reread almost every year. And um, it's written by the late Thomas J. Stanley and William D. dango And I have the link to a free PDF as well as the link to buy it on Amazon. Uh, this book is about essentially a survey of 10,000 or so millionaires and the person documenting his findings on what he sees these surprising behaviors of millionaires that an everyday person wouldn't necessarily recognize. So going into this market that could be a recession, or that could be, you know, vulnerable in terms of jobs, it's just a good reminder uh, to reset our thinking. And basically, it's a book that's all about frugality and being wise and prudent with your spending. So hopefully, you will join in with me in reading the book. It's an absolutely life-changing book and let me know in the comments if you are reading it and if you want to be an official part of the book club please subscribe to the substack edition edition pod at substack.com because that's how i'm going to send out the link to do a discussion on the book so i think tech people especially will love this book because it's all about numbers and data and it's also about money which you care about or you wouldn't be listening or watching edition okay well I know I went over, but I missed Friday, so it's fine. So I hope you have a great week and I'll talk to you tomorrow.